are listening to Bicycle Retail Radio, brought to you by the National Bicycle Dealers Association. The NBDA would like to offer a sincere note of thanks to Associate Member Bike Exchange for their continued support of the NBDA and retailers at large. BikeExchange.com is the world's leading bicycle marketplace. Across eight countries, Bike Exchange prides itself as being the one-stop destination to buy, sell, and find everything bike. Since 2007, Bike Exchange has fueled the passion to ride by making it easy to buy and sell online. They connect with consumers everywhere to find, research, and buy all their related cycling needs through their marketplace. They also support and connect hundreds of retail bike stores and brands throughout the world. Bike Exchange is committed to helping people find the right cycling product in a single location and is considered the online destination for all things bicycles. Connecting your retail location to Bike Exchange is free and you pay a commission only on what you sell. Join Bike Exchange today and you'll receive a free one-year membership to the Professional Bike Mechanics Association and a free copy of the NBDA Cost of Doing Business Report. This membership and research has a combined value of $750, and it is being provided free of charge to bike retailers that join Bike Exchange today. Learn more at bikeexchange.com. Welcome to another episode of Bicycle Retail Radio, produced by the National Bicycle Dealers Association. This is MBDA President Heather Mason. All right, we are at NOSH episode number five. Nash is a monthly feature that MBDA Development Director Shal Scouten and I come together on. We like to catch our listeners up on our personal lives, but also our take on the latest industry news. We want to touch on everything that happened at our member networking events this past month, share some collective retailer advice that we have the privilege of hearing throughout the month and talk about what to expect for the future, what we have coming up. So the NASH has been fun for us and we hope you're enjoying it. Today, we're going to be joined by Johnny Gibson and Daniel Matthews from the biking market. If you haven't heard of the biking market, that's okay. Just started in July, 2022. The biking market is a global multi-vendor marketplace that connects consumers, bicycle retailers, and bicycle suppliers. Their mission is to help make bicycles and other cycling products more accessible for consumers by turning on your cart, what you have, your inventory as a bicycle retailer, putting it onto their platform so consumers can find it easily. We connected with them a few months back, and now we wanted to have them on the podcast to just talk through the biking market and what it is. So we'll connect with them in a little bit here to talk about their marketplace community and how retailers can interact with them. But first, let's catch up with Rochelle. Rochelle, how's it going? It's so good. We're so busy over here. We're doing so many things. It's all fantastic. I'm doing really good. I don't know about you. It's always so good. I was actually so know that we're recording this morning. So we always, I always like get together. I'm like, all right, what are we going to talk about? What's happened this past month? And I know we're going to like dive into a little bit about us. But I was thinking this morning, like you and I are both on the cusp of like getting some good news or like a major change. But yeah, let's let our listeners in. So I actually sold the Sprinter van, <laughs> like quickest sprinter van own ever. And so I've always wanted a Honda Element. So I don't know if our listeners know the Honda Element, very cool car that Honda used to make. And I found one and it was like, literally the person drove it like 4,000 miles a year. Like it must've been owned by someone who never left their house and it's green and it's super green. And my daughter has a good green color, (laughs) but it's available. So I'm going down tomorrow to look at it. I love it. Super silly. And you catch us up on your big news. Yeah, we are outgrowing our place that, you know, I live and work in home office. So we are upgrading to a place that has one more bedroom. It's in a good area. It's much larger than our current place. So we hear if we got that place literally today. It's today, right? Yeah. It's like you and one other. It came down. It's coming down to you and one other person, right? Yes, one other person. I know nothing about them, but in my head, they're nowhere near as good as we are. So (laughs) I love it. I love it. (laughs) 
Oh man. Well, I'm fingers crossed for good news. Fingers crossed. Thank you. And we're going to fly this weekend up to Nova Scotia. We are taping this and Hurricane Fiona is hitting Nova Scotia in two days, pretty much when we're flying or maybe the day before we're supposed to go up there. Yeah. Going up for one of our P2 retailer group. We have a Canadian-based P2 group. So we're going up to see our retailer friends and two days of meetings and walking through Cycle Smith in Halifax. Yeah. Halifax. Yeah. Yeah. So we're kind of waiting on that one as well, seeing how the hurricane affects that specific area and if they're going to be out of power. Because if they are, that doesn't bode well for a meeting. Oh, right. But our retailers are like so anxious to get together and, you know, have this meeting. Even this morning, they're like, all right, well, can you rent a bike, you know, fill my tires with air and bring a helmet for me? I mean, they're still talking. They're like, they're like, we're doing this. <laughs> so, Good. Yeah. Back to the car thing. You know, I've been trying to buy a car. Like I sold the van without a plan. So it makes me think, you know, as I've been communicating with automobile retailers, gosh, it's like, their supply is just as shaky as bicycle retailers. And, you know, I want a 2023 car, but they're just getting 2022s in. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just interesting being in the position where I need to purchase something, working with a retailer and seeing how the effects are still happening. Makes me, you know, I'm always like comparing it to bicycle retail and it's just interesting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely makes you more sympathetic to the consumers that are walking into bike shops, hoping to get that one specific bike and the customer service that you get is really what makes the difference. Right. So our podcast, Bicycle Retail, obviously Bicycle Retail Radio, I'm always talking about the podcast. We had Albert Kabadan, the owner of RNA Cycles. Yeah. Recently, his episode came out. Listeners, if you haven't listened to that, please do. But he was talking about customer interaction and working with customers who are waiting for something to come in. It's like with automobiles right now, like you have to pre-order, right? And the deposit that you take or don't take, you know, mm-hmm. and how that can be like it's a soft point or a stressful point for the consumer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, me, as I've been looking for cars, you know, retailers are like, give us a deposit and it's non-refundable. And that's like, oh, you know, it, it's scary, you know, because you don't know. So just Al touched on it a little bit in that podcast. I don't know if you listen to it, Rochelle, but yeah, cool. it's like, if you don't have to take a big deposit, don't take one. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We also had... A lot of things happened this past month. So if you don't mind, if we dive into all that. I know. I'm like, let's just keep talking about cars. Okay. (laughs) Keep me on track. Where where do you want to start? So we have been working on a project kind of like the month after you came on in 2021. We had this idea and we have been figuring out the best way to implement it and get all of our resources together that we needed to get together to put it out. And finally, this last month, we released NBDA Connects, which is now live on our website. And it's kind of the culmination of everything that we were trying to do in these last couple of years, which is bring education and resource and networking into a very easy to understand place where it's all there. It's so cool. I know. All right. So listeners, it's nbda.com backslash connects. And as Rochelle was saying, this is a web page that you're going to find a database for your sales representative. You're going to find a database of bicycle mechanics, people who are contractors are looking to get into the industry. Same thing for bicycle fitters. There's a link to find jobs in the bicycle industry. There's a link to find bike shops. There's a link to bicycle industry advocacy groups. There's a link to all of our networking opportunities and events. And the big one for me, the one we get most often is, you know, retailers asking us, how are you advocating for retailers? How are you working with suppliers to advocate for retailers? So we have a tab on there working with vendors where we have outlined the work that our best practices committee has done and even their publications that they've put together, supplier best practices, managing credit relations, selecting suppliers. So 
Awesome. I know we're so pumped about this, right? It took a while, but it's all right. (laughs) It did. We had a very specific idea of everything that it needed to have in it. And it took us this long just to compile all of that. Yeah. And it's growing, you know, it's like, okay, we have this database now of bike mechanics and bike fitters, and we've been sharing it on social, asking people, submit your information and our members have access to it. And this is going to grow. Same thing with the sales representative. When we started that database a year ago, I want to say that, well, there was at one time, no one on it. And now we're up to like over a hundred, almost 150 sales reps on it. So this is valuable stuff because if you you know, want to pick up a new brand or you want to, maybe you have a warranty or product that comes in that you don't sell. You can look at the sales rep database and, and find who is, you know, repping if someone is repping that brand near you and call them. It makes it really easy. It's like, it takes the guesswork out of it. So exactly. yeah, sweet. this is great work, Rochelle. I know you've spent a lot of time on this. So for our listeners who haven't seen Rochelle and I in person, or even on one of our virtual events, when you have a chance, you will notice that like it happens all the time. I'll be like thinking of something and Googling something. And she's literally, as I'm Googling it and not telling her that I am, she's putting in the chat, what about this? And it's the same <laughs> thing. Like our brains just work like that. So um, it happened in a meeting yesterday where I said we were planning for 2023. And we were on a specific topic and we had been silent for a moment because we were trying to figure out. We're trying to figure out one of the things that we wanted to do next year. And it was really silent. And then I went, oh, okay. So what if we did this? (laughs) And you looked at me and you were like, you're not going to believe this. (laughs) That's so funny. I was actually just typing that exact thing to you. (laughs) It's so funny. But that's, I mean, we talk to retailers all the time who are talking about how their store manager is or how their staff is or staff training or whatever. And you and I, from the beginning have always just like, we do things together and we tackle projects together. And if I have an idea, we have a meeting and I explain it to you and I explain the why behind it. And I ask for your input. And I think just over the year, we have really just grown into a great working relationship. And I think that's really important for retailers, for owners working with their managers or working with anyone on their team. It's like, dive in, get transparent, you know, really talk things through because I mean, you and I can just like tackle any, I have so much confidence in us that we can just tackle anything right now. Hence all this new stuff, like P2 workshops at Cabda, Shift 22. I mean, it's crazy over here. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Yeah. We have our P2 meetings coming up with all of our P2 members, but we really wanted to bring all of that value that P2 brings to all the retailers that are involved. And we wanted to bring it to people who aren't part of the P2 program so they can really get all that knowledge, all that good networking. So we decided to do P2 workshops at all of the CABDA events. If you're going to a CABDA event, you'll see it in the registration page when you're registering for the show. We would love to have you at one of our P2 workshops. It's going to be a lot, but it's going to be very, very valuable. Yeah, I'm really excited to meet new retailers and sit through this like full on like 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. like deep dive. We're going to split people up into small groups. We're going to, you know, really talk about the front of the house, the back of the house, employee training, staffing, bonus commission. I mean, we're going to dive into all these topics that are so important. And when you're doing that with like-minded people, other people who are, you know, running businesses just like yours, but somewhere else in the country, it's like, wow, the continuing education that goes on, you know, is really important. So we have people registered already and I think room for 20 people at each event. So yep. stoked about that. I went to New York City and went to a conference that was held by the Fire Department of New York City around e-bike safety, e-mobility safety. The battery fire situation is really the number three leading cause of fires in New York City right now. So that was this past month. And I was able to even just sit up on a panel with a bunch of people with letters after their name. <laughs> but I, I represented the bicycle industry and it was it was really enlightening. So for retailers, there's been a little bit of press about it. If anyone wants some more information on that, even e-bikes in general, I know right now, Rochelle, we're working on an e-bike specific webpage to get all of our resources on e-bikes in one spot, right? So that'll yep. be out soon. Yeah. 
Chad, Chad Picard, our MBDA board member, owner of Spoken Sport, went to the cycle of influence for the MBDA. Yeah, that's right. And he gave us his takeaways from the event. And that is on our website under the blog Outspoken. So if you go to our website, click on blog, you'll be able to see all those takeaways. Yeah. He said it was a really great event and really, you know, focused on go to the blog. I'm going to give one though. (laughs) (laughs) I guess the overarching theme of the week was that people want to bike and people want to have a reason to bike, you know, especially with their family, kids on bikes. We need to get people on their bikes and give them reason to come play with us. So read the blog, but there's a lot there and special thanks to Chad for going to that event for us. Yeah. What else this month? We had lots of virtual events. We had George Lee on the podcast. George, George Lee. George Lee is a freaking awesome human being, like amazing human being. And I don't know, you know, listeners, if this is your first episode, go ahead, go back through the podcast, listen to them all. We had George on just a few weeks ago. A lot of time goes into preparing for these podcasts. I don't know if our listeners are aware of how much time does go into it, but George is like one of the people that I really enjoy the prep because I always learn so much (laughs) from him myself. And it's, I mean, I enjoy the prep with everyone, but he's just got... You know, we will meet to talk about the podcast, but then we'll talk about just life for a little while too. So he's a pretty amazing human. That was on the mythology behind service menu pricing and using a scientific method. Lots of great stuff there. And then he even answered, I didn't tell him I was going to, this was not in the prep, but I threw some questions from retailers at him, which he handled so graciously. He was great. He's amazing. Yeah. It's a great episode if you haven't listened to it. Definitely. Monday Mingle. So something new for our virtual events, if you haven't been on a virtual event, make it a point. All right. So first there, but if you haven't been on a virtual event in a while, consider coming back because we've been doing something new. It's true. With these topics, we've been growing the Monday Mingle, which is amazing. There are like 20 plus people on these calls most of the time. And we love seeing everyone's faces. But it's hard for everyone to get their piece in when there's 20 people on the call. So we had the idea to break into smaller groups so that everyone could get that really personal conversation in at the same time. And then we could come back together and just, you know, decompress over the topic. So we did add on sales this past month as the topic. And there was some really great conversation happening. And then everyone came back and talked about their ideas I loved it. It's fun. I'm going to tell you, it's probably like the hour goes by so quickly and it's like meeting up with friends again. And yeah, in the breakout rooms, you know, you and I can pop into the rooms and see what they're talking about. We did have one breakout room that went up, you know, we give you homework. We were like, okay, in your breakout room, we want you to come back, you know, talk as a group and come back with two ideas to increase that on sales. And this one group, I popped into their room and they weren't even talking. They were talking about like something with the community, and I, but it was funny. It was awesome. So they're like, we're, we broke your room. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. and then we did a Friday mingle. Mm-hmm. And we talked about lights and locks. So growing that category and Phil Cohen, Chain Reaction Georgia, who's an MBDA board member, one of his tips there to grow your light category, to increase your light sales is if you're hosting a group ride or even not have some demo, ask your vendors that, you know, if you work with light in motion or whoever you work with, do you have a couple lights I could use for demo lights or purchase a couple demo lights? And Give them to people to try because it makes a huge impact if you're working with some like rinky dinky light and you go out there with something like, you know, great 1200 lumens or whatever, you're going to be like seeing everything. So he says he lets customers demo the lights and it makes a huge impact. So I thought that was a good takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great tip. P2 group talk, P2 Mm -hmm. group talk, still the conversation from our collective P2 retailers, like First off, anyone can join a P2 group. These are non-competing retailers coming together. Each group acts as a board of directors. Like, so you talk about your business, you figure out ways where you can make more money. A huge, huge, huge benefit to anyone looking to take their business to the next level. So if you want to join a P2 group, connect with us. We'll tell you how. So we've about 50 retailers across North America. They meet monthly, virtually, and then twice 
a year in person. So anyway, the virtual conversations this month were about managing inventory, payroll percentages. And then one group yesterday, we were talking about upselling and add-ons and we came down with a guiding principle, like rule of five. So every time someone buys something from you, think about not just the bike, but five additional items go with that sale. So they were going to train their staff and like report back via email, like the first person to do, you know, a five, like sell a five. And like literally an hour later, one of the P2 members is like, I sold an e-bike with a five. And with oh, wow. so, I mean, that's pretty cool. If you think about it, if you add it on, you know, accessories are high margin, five things to every sale, that's going to add up. And then the other thing I'm really focused on right now is the things that we can sell people at the time of purchase that will add on to the sale, but also like give the customer peace of mind. So if you're a retailer and you're not offering things like extended service contracts, so that's like the rides program that we work with, or a fix, like an annual fix a flat that someone can purchase at the time that they buy their bike, please consider creating and doing and something, you know, many of our retailers who are offering this extended service contract, it's an added revenue boost at the time of sale. And, you know, it just really peace of mind for customer peace of mind. Exactly. It's the win-win of getting you the value of having that customer come back to you for that service and getting your shop rates on the end. But also you're not just selling something to the customer that they're not going to use or that's not going to be helpful to them. It's actually a great program for the customers. So anything like that, like the fix a flat service, anything when we're talking about adding five things to every sale, like it's not things that they're not going to need or that they don't want. It's like things that are going to improve their experience that are going to make them so excited to ride their bike that are going to, you know, make them get more miles on it. And then they'll come in back to you because they love their experience. And they'll say, Hey, I love this. What else do you have? Or let me come on your group rides with you. Cause I love everything about the shot. Like it's adding to the entire experience. It's not just the dollar amount that matters. Totally. I'm going to just, okay, everyone listen up. If you're selling a bike that has a Presta valve tube in it and you're not talking to the customer, showing them how to use that Presta and then making sure that they have a pump or an adapter so they can fill it up, you are not doing good. You are bad. You are a bad person. (laughs) So, I mean, because you don't want your customer to get home and not be able to fill their tires up. They're going to hate you. They're going to be like, the shop didn't tell me. They're going to be so upset. Exactly. I mean, that was really, that was a rough Heather talk right there. You're a bad person, (laughs) but it's true. Come on, let's make an impact with that. Definitely make sure your staff is trained that every bike that goes out with a press valve tube, they're sitting down there, they're making the customer unscrew it because, you know, it's just a certain amount of pressure. You don't want to pull that core out. Like, this is finesse. I used to make people, the customers do it right in front of me. And they would look at me and they're like, you're crazy. And I'm like, you're not going home unless you know how to use this. Cause I don't want to be upset with me because I'm not a bad person. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's go on. Industry news. Special thanks, Rick Vosper. He did a review on our cost of doing business report. Yeah, it was a great article. If you haven't gone to brain and read that article, I thought, he did really well on explaining what kind of the takeaways were from that report. And yeah, he had Fred Clements come in, the president. So definitely that's in brain, really easy to find. And then Ray, our buddy Ray Keener did an article about shops looking at the high inventory levels. So who's having sales and he actually got a bunch of quotes from shop owners. If they are having sales on the why just thought it was an interesting read. So head over to Brain. Really easy to find those articles. Check them out. What else? Upcoming podcasts. Should we give our listeners... Let's see. I don't know. When will this come out? Well, either way, here. Here's some upcoming people from today when we're recording. Ryan Atkinson, Smart Detailing, coming back on the show. Yes. Answering questions that we are gathering from our retailers. That's another one. We went to record the other morning and he's like finishing his breakfast and having coffee and we're chatting. And by the time it was like two hours, three hours, <laughs> by the time we're done, 
I love catching up with Ryan. And it was really great. Yeah, those questions. And he's so honest. And it's really good stuff there. Online sales. We have some retailers right now who are thriving with online sales. And some who are really struggling and really question marking, should they continue with online? You know, we saw the huge spike and now it's coming back down. So Ryan really, you know, he has optics on what's happening across the board. So he really gave a lot of great information in there. And if you're selling online or thinking about selling online, definitely worth a listen. And then we also have Don DiCostano, the CEO of Pedago. Yep. Coming on the podcast. Super fun guy, super easy to talk to. And I didn't know, like, all I know from my experience dealing with Pedago retailers that they're always so fun and upbeat and, you know, happy people. And I didn't know too much about how the company got started and, you know, if they're franchises or how that business model is set up. So, We asked him a little bit about the startup of the company, the history of the company. And then we also, you know, they sell a lot of e-bikes. Like, so what's the magic? Like, what are you doing? And so he gave a lot of great pointers. So two good episodes coming out. Yeah, they are. You think the market team is like ready to kill us? Should we let them in? (laughs) Should we bring them on? That's what I was actually just about to say. One of those moments. (laughs) One of those moments. (laughs) All right, let's let him in. All right. All right, let's welcome our guests today. Today we're joined by Johnny Gibson and Daniel Matthews from the biking market. Yes, the biking market. The biking market is a global multi-vendor marketplace that connects consumers, bicycle retailers, and bicycle suppliers with a mission to help make bicycles and other cycling products more accessible and affordable for consumers while helping bicycle businesses increase their sustainability. We connected with the team a few months back as they were nearing their U.S. launch, and we're so thrilled to see them now all set up and ready. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're loving it. Thanks for coming on the show. We're excited to talk about the market, and then you have a new network that you launched. So I think... If you don't mind, we could just get right into it. And if you wouldn't mind sharing how you got into the industry and why you started the biking market. Yeah, absolutely. For me, it started, I mean, I've been riding bicycles all my life. I mean, I was four or five years old. <laughs> you know, I got like my first bike, but it was just a few years ago, like right in the middle of the pandemic, I moved to Dallas and really got into like enduro racing and really kind of just took into like the mountain biking culture that's in Dallas. And just fell in love with it. And being the type of person I am, you know, I'm just a problem solver. Just going through and purchasing bikes and purchasing parts, I started to notice things throughout the industry. Like it was, it was really difficult to find different types of brands. I mean, I just didn't only want just the big names. I wanted a variety. Like, you know, I like to shop around. And I found it kind of difficult. So, you know, just searching through and I was like, hey, this is something that is probably worth looking into. Looked into it and I was like, hey, have the skills, the resources to put something together to make it easier for consumers to find bikes and parts and and that sort of thing. And here we are today. Yeah. Um, I resonate with that because I know there's so many products out there and I'm hearing so many retailers say they don't necessarily have the right inventory. We have retailers exchanging inventory. So the biking market is a place that retailers can list their products so they can be found. Is that right, Daniel? Yeah. And we didn't realize, well, maybe we did, but to this extent, because we usually feel that retailers have a little, you know, they have bike shop. So there may or may not be a whole lot of room, but we know they have storage. And we found that there's like bike shops and retailers that have shipping containers full of product, which I was like mind blown about. And so when we brought this to them, it just like clicked and they're like, well, we have plenty of product that we need to get rid of. And we're like, well, that's that's what we made it for. And we're like, Johnny, did you realize they had that much product? And I think Johnny already knew, but I didn't realize until we actually spoke to people how much product they actually have. We find ourselves in the industry currently and facing a big situation of retailers having the wrong inventory. And a yep. lot of it is sitting in storage facilities that retailers have to pay for. And yeah. but we do have consumers looking for product, but we need to find a place so that they can find it. So it's accessible. So that's why we wanted to have you guys on because I think what you're doing, I know I've been on the website. It's really a whole new platform that could 
bring a lot of positivity to the industry right now. And then the way that you're connecting it with the Viking Market Cycling Network, which is like a really cool interactive platform. Where should we begin? I don't even know. (laughs) The whole sort of idea we had, like big picture, was pretty much things are sort of floating around, disconnected. And either there are already things out there that try to centralize, but you have to do it at a hefty price, or it's not completely specific to the industry. It's just like a little added extra category. So like certain marketplaces are just like general marketplaces. And so we thought if we can make something accessible to like sell and for buyers to find, which is the biking market, and then also create something of value for the other level, which is like riders and community and groups and even retailers, brands and all that kind of stuff and centralize that communication, We would, which is accessible and not a hefty price to join or anything like that. It's completely free. And then we have this like bubble of like centralization. It would kind of pull everything together and make it like its own solidified environment that people can go to and with confidence say like, this is sort of the epiphany of it all. So we kind of have this large picture like that. Yep. And, you know, just to piggyback off of that, if we had to sum it up in just a couple of sentences, we'd say that, you know, the biker market, the reason we're in existence is we know that the industry is fragmented. We know that there are brands out there. You know, some of them are really small, struggling to get noticed. Some of them are big and just, you know, just want to build more loyalty with the following. We're here to solve those tough problems. You know, it's we're looking to be much more than just a marketplace. That's why the network yeah. is in effect. That network, you know, on Facebook and, you know, some of those other sites that's has groups that has communities and that sort of thing. Most folks don't know that just the average engagement for groups and that sort of thing on there is less than 1%. You know, so you can have a lot of page likes, you can have a lot of followers and that sort of thing. But if you look at most of the posts, they only get six likes or you know, just like the engagement is much lower. So we built that to really bring that to create like a pure cycling environment where brands can really connect to their followers and really engage them. They put a post out, they, you know, the following gets it, you know, and the riders can actually find and connect with like, you know, some of the brands that they love, you know, I mean, many of those brands are, you know, the people that run those are cyclists too. So just having a place to where we defragment just that rider community and bring everyone together, it just creates magical moments. You know, it's, you know, rider moments, yeah, it's, it's you know, just, just everything. I mean, and we're seeing that now, you know, people are signing up there. They're loving it. <laughs> they're making connections. You know, it's just a great experience. And hopefully we can help move forward the industry with that. We've been talking to you guys for a long time since even, you know, you were still building the website before it was launched. And mm-hmm. I know since pretty much the beginning, you've been talking to retailers and trying to get their story and figure out what they need. You guys now have a podcast because you're talking to all these retailers. Is that right? It's sort of funny story because we, our strategy changes constantly because we're trying to figure out the best way to serve customers and also give retailers and everyone like the best experience possible. So they feel like it's a tool. And so we went into this going, we need to engulf ourselves in the community. First of all, we're riders. Secondly, what are we doing in the cycling community if we don't even like aren't a part of it? You know, no one's going to adopt that anyways. And so we thought, why don't we promote the people we work with and the brands and make a podcast? And it was good, but it was a lot of work because we didn't realize the response we get. So we did, we reached out and I think in two weeks, we did 10 episodes and people are super eager. They just love going on and talking about their brand and retailer. And we're noticing this relationship we have with everyone. It's like you have known them forever. And then they, yeah. it's just like, they're all in it for the collective good sort of thing. It's very, yeah. it's sort of strange, but we're just having fun. <laughs> it's pretty awesome hearing the stories, like all these bike shops and the, the stories that we talk to, the founders, the people that are running those bike shops, you never really get to to build a relationship or get to know them. And in that podcast, we're really trying to, it's really just to help those shops connect better with their, with their following. And to bring their stories to light, you know, we've, many of these shops are, I mean, a lot of them are expanding. A lot of them have, even down to like some of the issues that they're facing, they talk about that sort of thing in the podcast. And it's, you know, we're just trying to put that out there to where, you know, routers can connect. We're normal people, you know, and we want, yeah, yeah we're just trying to connect the industry. Like, we're like, how could we also proactively help them like push their brand too? So we have that in our arsenal, but there's like, a when you ask that question, there's so many things that we want to do and there's so many ways that you could help. And 
even the smallest things are just go a long way with people because not a lot of people put out a little hand like that to help yeah. out. And we're yeah. proactively reaching out, you know, so we're open to working with bike shops that help them in many different ways. That's, that's where more recently we were coming out with the promotion program that we're working on. And that podcast is a part of that. So basically we know that brands have specific products that they're, that they're coming out with, that they're trying to, you know, get attention to. They also, many of the bike shops, you know, they may not be as big as some of the larger, larger shops, or maybe they are larger shops and they just want to drive more attention and awareness around some of the good things that they have news, they have all sorts of things. And we, we want to work with the retailers and, and the brands to, to help drive that traffic to them. So we have this program. We'll be releasing it here shortly. And it's basically, we're going to offer free promotion for extended period, like 60 days or so. And we'll help, you know, promote strategies. We'll, you know, featured products in the marketplace and podcasts, news, we'll publish news, that sort of thing. But it's really just trying to drive awareness to what you're doing and and show that, hey, we're more of a resource than we are just coming in and saying, hey, we're marketplace, just, you know, yeah. just do this for us. Like, we actually want to be of value. I mean, because if we're not of value, then, you know, the work is, you know, there's a big why there. <laughs> why do this if you don't provide real value? And that's, that's where our mindset is. Yeah. What a unique opportunity to get to do some podcasts. Like I love having retailers on our podcast because like you said, you just quickly become friends. You learn so much about their business. I mean, Daniel, I know you were doing a bunch of those podcasts and talking with retailers. What was kind of like your feedback, your sense about the industry after having some of those podcast sessions? There's a couple of takeaways. So I'm, I'm a bit newer to the industry because Johnny and I met each other like almost a year ago and then we partnered pretty shortly after. And I know how to ride bikes. I'm a biker, but I'm not like in the industry. So I'm not in communities or anything until I met Johnny. And so Johnny's been giving me this crash course into the riders community. So I'm sort of like getting nerdy about it again. And so when I started talking to people on these podcasts, I didn't really know what to talk about. I just sort of was winging it. But there's a couple of collective things I've noticed. The first thing is, strangely, everyone sort of says the same things but they don't know each other. Mm. Like a uh, general question, you know, what's most important to you, give or take. They all say the same thing. It's like, we don't care if you buy from us, like almost word for word. We just care that you get on a bike and have fun. And we just want you to ride. That yeah. was the main thing. It just seemed like there's this camaraderie of like general consensus of goal that they're all pushing for. And it didn't waver from that. And that was really surprising to see that. And the other things was just like, they're all doing it because they love it. We don't necessarily know where the market's going. We can kind of say, well, it's generally probably going to do this or it's generally going to do that. But the consensus is mostly like, we're sort of in our bubble yeah. locally. Beyond that is either too expensive or too unknown. We don't really know what's happening. We're at the mercy of larger companies. So there's that. And there's also, we're just doing it because we love it. And not once were there conversations really about money at all. Yeah. And so coming from a business background, usually it's like, hi, I'm James and I make 4 million a year. Now ask me questions. And so it wasn't like that. It was very <laughs> shocking. It makes me feel good about the industry. I mean, I have to tell you, bicycle retailers, even just in our Monday mingle a couple of days ago, everyone was coming. They're just burnt out. It's just like, it's like so much. And as we mentioned earlier, there's so much inventory. So there's a lot of cash flow issues. And so there's a lot of stress just piling. But yeah, I think if you ask people, like you're stating, it's like, yeah, we just want people to get on bikes. We just want people to find cycling. And it doesn't matter to me if you buy it online, if you buy it at the shop next door, you know, yeah. maybe you'll come in my store, maybe I can do service, but I just want more cyclists. Right. And just briefly, the third thing I, if I would add is I noticed that the bike shops are like the front lines to their local communities of it's like the front door of the entire cycling house. So a lot of people rely on those places. And also a lot of people don't realize that those places are available to like service your bike or consult or be like this open source for your community. So, cause I never thought of it that way either. So I had all these like moments of, I had no idea, let alone how like the consensus of their goals and why they're doing it and motivations are extraordinarily similar. So that was pretty much the shocking part. Why wait to see if they'll come back to your store for service? 
Why not sell them a plan that keeps their bike working perfectly all the time and brings them back to you every time? Go to NBDA.com to learn about our Ride It Daily extended service plans that are only available to NBDA members. I feel like I have a sense for why the biking market and all the work you're doing is evolving then as you're having these conversations. Like you're like you're seeing needs or ways that you could be a resource and adapting to help. You know, I mean, I think yep. the network, the community network you're creating is is just that, right? Yeah. And also helping them in ways where we're not doing the typical model of like a like a marketing agency. So we'll do might we might supply marketing efforts and materials. But we're not coming to them and saying, oh, we'll help you advertise your business, but you got to pay us five grand to do it. Like marketing agencies may do that. And so they sort of go, well, our our only resource to market is really expensive stuff that we may or may not be able to afford, or we're taking a huge risk. So we're sort of like undercutting that. Hopefully no one's listening that owns a marketing agency. (laughs) We're like, we're like undercutting that and saying like, we have to have sales to grow and have a business to do this. That's the foundation. But that's like secondary. Like we really want to be 10 years from now, something that's like good reputation, good resource, something people can rely on. They're happy. It's like this overall we've added, we haven't like sucked things out. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You were showing us a little bit about the cycling network aspect of it and it's relatively new, but you already have really good engagement from riders and you have a bunch of events posted what are you hoping for that to kind of evolve into? Absolutely. So what we're hoping that to evolve into is just that trusted place where if you come to tbmcycling.com, you you know that there are like-minded people. You can find exactly what you want without you know being distracted. There's always something new to uncover. If you're looking for an event, you know that, okay, I know that there are, you know, six different sites I can go to to find events, but this one site has all the events. Let me just go and pop in and grab that. Okay. There is a brand that, you know, I'm looking for new brands. How do I contact them? You know, instead of going to a business page and just sending a message and hoping that they reply to you, they have a whole community inside of this thing. So you can go in, join their community and message people directly. You know, there's a, there's a direct message function where you can communicate with anyone you want, you know, where's, Everything is pretty much open. We don't charge for, for the community. People can post courses. You know, there are training instructors that have online courses. And it's really just a place that we're hoping evolves into just that central trusted source for cyclists to go to and just find what they're looking for. You know, it's, it's a real resource for people. Yeah. You know, we don't have any weird algorithms, you know, hiding your posts. There's, you know, so if, 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 if a brand joins and they post something and they have, you know, 10,000 people in the community, 10,000 people will see it. Yeah. It's that per cycling network that we're trying to centralize and, and just make a resource for the industry. So, yeah. I'm going to hit you with a hard question, guys. I have to, right? Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. I mean, the website's amazing. The bikingmarket.com for our listeners. Check it out. And we already have established you're doing amazing things. You know, you're really, really connecting with retailers. I've saw some of your original outreach to retailers, really genuine messaging. And the podcasts have been awesome. We know retailers have too much inventory. I mean, but they have no time. I mean, how easy is it for them to get started with you and get their products on your website? Because I can't even ask people to, you know, send photos and descriptions. You're going to have to be helping them. So walk us through what that looks like, if you would. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. So to join the biking market, it takes just 15 to 20 seconds just to start an account. We do have tools to to integrate into already existing Shopify's and BigCommerce and that sort of thing. We we are still expanding in, in that area to where we, we're constantly building out new integration tools that will sync inventory and that sort of thing. But at the moment, we are working with any retailer that wants to join. We're we're happy to work with you to upload, help you upload your products, help you get going. You know, just really do anything we can to ease that pain because that is something that we that we noticed. You know, like we'll you know, we'll talk to a retailer, but they're just swamped with time. Well, maybe they may be short staffed and don't have a person that can spend the time to set up the account. So we'll so we'll do it for you. You know, and this if that's a problem, then we'll you know we'll we'll work with you to solve that. 
but to upload your products, it you know we have syncing tools. We have tools that'll take your Shopify export and it'll auto convert it, so you don't have to do a bunch of Excel wizardry or knowing mm-hmm. <laughs> know any of those those types of tools. It's just you know we're every day making that process simpler. The goal in that is to make it to where if you have a Shopify or any other system, it's just a couple of clicks and it just auto syncs with everything. You know, obviously we're scheduling some of that, but yeah. It's pretty simple yeah. today and it'll be extremely simple in the future. We immediately hit that problem. Like yeah. we got on the first, we would get on phone calls and say, this is what we have. And they go, great, amazing. They just don't have time. And so we're like, well, we have a lot of yeses, but no products. And so we, we were just like, well, the only way to do this is we have to call them and say, we'll do it for you. And we did. So there was a lot of time, but I, I don't know how many products are on there now. What, 10,000 or so? 10,000, yeah. 15,000? 80 something, 90 retailers, whatever. But we did that manually. They gave us our list. We cleaned them. We found the photos. We did all of it because there's just no way. So that goes back to the thing of like, we want to prove ourselves to be like a center anchor piece in the industry. That's one way of doing it. (laughs) Absolutely. And if that's a, if that's an issue that a retailer have, or we run into a new issue, we're committed to helping get around that. So will work to ease that pain. You know, that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the whole point of being here. We want to be a resource. We're looking to make this thing, you know, something that's a real resource in the future, you know, for, you know, for the thousands of businesses that are out there. We're just willing to do the hard work to help, you know, solve this problem. So, yeah, yeah. I love that so much. That's what makes the difference between just a resource that you use to solve a problem and then a real partner that will really help you with your business. You yep. know, if That's we had like an award, I think Rochelle, if we had like the two raddest people we met this year, <laughs> honestly, like between Daniel, every time we get on a call, it's just like, yeah, we just want to like, we're, we're all working towards the common thing, which is just yeah. you know, being awesome. Yeah. How else would we do this? Like yeah. we're, we're jumping into a community that has a really good BS meter. And if we're just coming in to just have this like turnover profit business with no meaning or no like reason or behind it besides just like, yeah, just list your products because we want to make a sale or something like that. There's yeah. no substance. It doesn't make any sense. It has to have this like rooted foundation. Otherwise, maybe other companies would have gotten further. Yeah. Rochelle, remember when we first met them? It was it was like, okay, we're ready. Let's share the news. And they're like, well, we're not quite ready. Like, <laughs> we just wanted to say hello. That's basically it. We like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, in between that time, a lot, you know, there's a lot that happens behind the scenes. You know, most of it is spent working with retailers, you know, individually and really just trying to, you know, we're, we're cyclists too. You know, we're, I mean, we are leading the bike market, but I get out and ride my bike every day. I had this, you know, I had the problem myself and it's, I know there are thousands of other cyclists and, you know, all these different problems that are out there and just really want to solve problems. I mean, that's, that's, that's really what it is. You know, we know that like Daniel said, obviously sales is, is a big thing, but you know, the whole point of whole point of this is to, is to solve problems. So. Imagine you go on and you type in, well, I don't really know what bike to buy my five-year-old. And then Johnny, the full stack developer genius that he is, goes, I built this new tool and you can put all your measurements and stuff, how old and what kind of things and TV shows they like, whatever. And then it spits out bikes that is the right size and type of bike for your child or whoever. And then it says, oh, by the way, this bike shop in your local community sells it. You could buy it right here. Absolutely. Like there's so many things we have planned and yep. it's just I, go, I know immense. I you, what's next, but I, you just, <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot. We, we have, you know, just the technology that we have, we have enough to release new features every day for the next five years. And, you know, we, now we won't just release that stuff just blindly. It's, it's, it'll only come out as we see needs, Yeah, but there's a lot of problems that we we have this process of identifying problems, and uh, it just comes from you know just the business background, and just working through that to put tools, you know, technology tools, and even down to non-technology tools. Like 
you know, a big plan of ours is to get out and active into the community, you know, get out at, you know, to, that's, that's one of the reasons why we have so many events is to get really, yeah, you know, events. like, you know, people will see us in the community. It won't just be behind a computer screen or you just, you know, you just see us, you know, know us as the people that's in the bike market. People will actually get to know us. So that's, um, that's what's next. We're really about community. That's one of the reasons why we have that, that network. We're active in the network. You know, yeah. we're open to talking to anybody. So even if you're, if you're a new rider, if you've been, you know, a retailer for 35 years, you know, we're, we're open. I mean, even if it's just, Hey, you know, let's just talk shop, you know, we'll, we'll do that too. So we're just, I know we're new and we're coming in, but we're coming in with a, uh, with a lot of energy, you know, with the resources that we have, hopefully we can help move the industry forward. And uh, so we're just going for it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to come and talk with us. We love every time we get to talk to you because we leave going like, man, those guys are awesome. <laughs> so if people want to find more information on the biking market or reach out for more information, where can they do that? For the marketplace, it's just thebikingmarket.com. And for the network is tbmcycling.com. And signups on the network, it's less than, let's say, 10 seconds, about 20 seconds for retailers. But you don't have to sign up to purchase anything on the marketplace. You don't have to have an account to even view anything. You can just go and browse and see what's all there and see if it's for you. So we made it really easy. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's been amazing watching what you've done since early January, 2022. You know, we got to know you and we are just thrilled to, you know, be along for the ride and continue to promote the biking market. And thanks for being awesome and for winning the raddest two people of the year award. (laughs) Could you actually send like a plaque? I can hang it it right here <laughs> i was just making a, uh, i was just drawing out some sketches here of what i'm going to send i'll just send it we'll print it and we'll just write right there all right well we'll talk to you later thanks for coming on the podcast stay awesome and we'll see you real soon all right that is it thank you so much for listening to bicycle retail radio this podcast is designed specifically for the bicycle industry dedicated to strengthening our retailers and cycling community. The NBDA NOSH is one of the many episodes that we produce. And in the past, many special guests have shared their vision and greatness. We urge you to take a look at the past episodes and listen if you have not already. The easiest way to support the show is to first subscribe and then share your favorite episode with friends and online. You can go one step further and leave a review. It truly does help members of our industry find our podcast. Special thanks to NBDA Development Director Rochelle Scouten for the editing and promotional graphics with today's episode. We appreciate your support. Thank you for listening. See you back here soon. And with this, we go. This has been Bicycle Retail Radio by the National Bicycle Dealers Association. For more information on membership and member benefits, join us at nbda.com. <laughs>